There's another podcast you should be listening to, TED Health, a podcast from the TED Audio Collective. Join host Dr. Shoshana Ungerleiter as she introduces you to leading health experts and breaks down the health questions you didn't know you had. Learn more about the way your body works and the newest insights changing the medical world, like what a smart bra means for better heart health, three ways to prepare for the next pandemic, and how we can all live healthier lives. Find TED Health wherever you listen to podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Jeremy. He grew up in a community that some may call a cult, some may not call a cult. And he's here to talk about spirituality and mental health. Let's talk about it. Uh, well guys, I think we're going to have a really fascinating conversation with our guest today. Jeremy is, uh, is also the name of our guest. Name of, of me, but yep. the name of our guest. Two different spellings. Two different spellings. The Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Kern. Is it Kern? Kern, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy Kern. I mean, uh, Jeremy, with Jeremy with a Y. What do you think about people who spell their names Jeremy with an I-E? Probably just trying to parents trying to like branch out, feel a little bit different, I guess. From their, probably you know, cooler parents. <laughs> you know, here, here's the funny thing. I think my parents are just illiterate because they're from small town Newfoundland, which um, will mean nothing to you considering you're from Byron Bay, Australia. But Newfoundland is a in the middle of nowhere, uh, an island off the Atlantic coast of Canada, and um, and uh, you know. What are you going to say here, Jerry? I'll put it this way. Tread lightly. I'll put it this way. There's not a fucking lick of French blood in my blood or my mom's or my dad's. Right. But Jeremy is spelled with an IE typically for those French folks. Right. And okay. uh, I think my parents just didn't know. That. know. Yeah, they just didn't know that. That was, that was We'll uh, chalk it up to that. Yeah, sure. it's nice. It's a unique um, but hey, I like it. Um, uh, and uh, and and there's no am animosity here between me and Jeremy Kern. So this is not this no. isn't the like Jeremy versus Jeremy podcast. It okay. Is not. Um, but uh, this will be an interesting podcast. We are talking to Jeremy. Jeremy, um, I want to I want to hand the mic over to you to give yourself a, a, a an introduction. Uh, tell the world. Tell our listeners who is Jeremy Kern. I am a person living in Australia. I, I grew up in London. Um, I what have I done? My I've enjoyed my life. <laughs> I that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what else is new about me? I mean, I've I work in media. Like, so I produce comedy. I've been working in comedy for like fifteen years. I worked in music before that. Um, and yeah, just enjoy. I really, I just wanted to, from a young age, I wanted to get paid to do what I love. And I've been fortunate enough to just get paid to work with my friends and have fun and travel the world and do silly videos or TV shows and radio shows and just capture that stuff. And, um, and then I, so I essentially produce content or produce, um, comedy. And then I also produce music. I produce, um, life, a dog. I got a dog down there as well. Oh, hello. People can't see. It's a beautiful white. Uh, what is that? Husky? Swiss Shepherd. Same, same. Swiss Shepherd. <laughs> Probably not the same, but I, they look similar. I just want to say, Jeremy, like I, I can't, I, I cannot resonate more with, um, with that idea of like wanting to just, you know, get paid 
to do what Ooh. you love. Um, I feel mm. like for a long time in my life growing up, um, and I didn't know what I wanted to do, uh, let alone what I wanted to get paid to do. Mm. And like trying to go into you know university and think about careers and stuff, there was never really anything that spoke to me. And I felt really mm. lost at a young age and like trying to identify what that, you know, what like my purpose was in life or like what, you know, what I wanted to do with this time that I had on this planet. And I think over the past few years, I've, I've really started to um, learn and feel that truth of like, I, I really just want to be able to do what I love and, you know, get paid to do it from a, from a, from the perspective that like, I want this to be sustainable um, I was walking to our studio this morning and thinking like how happy I was to be able to come to work with like my two best friends and sit in this space and, you know, talk to cool people like you and and do this. So I know that's a little bit of a, a long winded aside at the start of this conversation, but I really, uh, I really feel you on that. And so I'm, I already feel immediately connected to you on that, on that same idea. Well, I, I would also <laughs> love to jump in here and just say um, uh, for folks who aren't aware, I mean, uh, you, you, you're a producer. Um, and not only are you just a producer, but you're also a producer of some like very, very um, deeply cherished comedy um, uh, for people who aren't familiar uh, with Hamish and Andy. Massive program from out of Australia. Some of the funniest fucking Instagram reels I think have like made their way onto my algorithm somehow um, <laughs> prior prior to even being in, in contact with you. Um yeah. And, uh, and I think that's awesome. I, I would love to dive into the conversation about how comedy, um, kind of plays a role in your, your own mental health. I think a big part of what we're going to be talking about today is mental health. Um, but also Jeremy and correct me if I'm wrong. And, and also I can completely edit this out. Um, it, it, it wasn't in the, the show notes that you sent me, but I believe I read somewhere you you were, you were also born into a cult, correct? Yeah, yeah. I was. It was like I try to be more. I mean, society's a cult, so I mean, the the term cult is pretty loosely flung yes, about. Yes, sure, sure. Um, but like, it was. It did tick all the boxes of how you define a Christian sect or a cult. But it, um, yeah, it was an interesting experience. Like, I think it taught me a lot of amazing things. I think I went through a pain, painful journey of coming out of it. That I had a lot of anger towards it. But in hindsight, it taught me a lot of wonderful things you know like how to connect to your your heart in terms of just in stillness and silence and finding that peace and sense of love and unity and connection within um taught me community how to be vulnerable with like it was very intense relationships mm. and would have in wednesdays and sunday meetings and um it was yeah it was just it was, it was a full-on experience like it really informed my worldview entirely and it so coming out of it is what really spun me out into a pretty hectic spiral because I was, you know, uh, so protected from the world and, and felt like I had this intense tribal sense of belonging and purpose, like the greatest mm. purpose known to man. That's what I felt in this, like, this group of a few hundred people. And again, I love these people and I want nothing but the best for them. But coming out of it, I felt this sense of um, tremendous loneliness and void and no idea of what mechanics of existence is like mm. confused and try, had to make some sort of a blueprint to make sense of things mm. so yeah it was it was an interesting experience i think the key learnings was how to relate to people in terms of 
holding space for their vulnerabilities and, and the richness that can come from being vulnerable mm. and sharing um, the life. So like I, I enjoyed learning those mechanics from as long as I learned mm -hmm. to speak, you know, because I was in, mm -hmm. surrounded by that kind of interesting situation. Mm. What, Guys, age, what age did you come out of that cult experience? Uh, at what at what age did you did you did you uh, did you leave? Twenty four, mm. and, and I guess like I, I guess one thing that I, that I am just kind of curious about it. I, I I first of all I really appreciate your ability to to express the ways in which that upbringing have like benefited you and the things that mm. you have taken from that into your life as you are you know as you're exploring your own life today. Um, yeah. because I, 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 th I think that I, I, th I think that oftentimes when we hear of cults, especially like, especially lately, you know, there's, there's, um, there's been a lot of cult news over the last, you know, few years, especially with like Nexium and things like that. Cults tend to have a, a pretty bad rap for good reason, for sure. Um, yeah. but, but you know, when it, it, it makes me think of like, I was having this conversation the other day with someone about, about, the and don't get me wrong here. I, I'm I am I am not a very uh -oh. I'm not a very big fan of organized religion in general. Yeah. But there is something to there's there's something really powerful to the the community that is built through religion. Oh, and so so absolutely. like you know, a, a perfect example is like Sunday Sunday Mass. You know, Sunday Mass is like this this bringing people together for a common, a, a common cause, a common belief. And, and that sense of community really does value, like benefit and bring value to, to people's lives. And religion yeah. is, you know, we're, we're seeing a time in, in age where religion is, is not so subscribed, not as much subscribed to as it, as it used to be when we were, when, you know, when my, our parents were, were younger. Um, I feel like it, at least over here in Canada, like, you know, I, I think, I don't know about you guys, but like almost everyone I knew growing up went to church mm. at, yeah. to, to some degree at some point. And then, and then it's sort of just like, you know, in, at least in my social circle, it's sort of like fizzled out, but I, there's a part of me that almost like misses church that misses that, that communal gathering, that, that sort of, um, I think it's belonging, isn't it? Like it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a sense of belonging. I think we, we find a sense of belonging in anything in culture, in, um, music, in, even having similar interests, like, but when you have a fundamental sense of belonging about the nature about existence, that's a pretty intense one. And it, and it's, and it's, and it's, you generally do that on the spiritual path. Anyway, I feel like we're all, I feel like we've got a spectrum of what it is that we are and the, the spiritual aspect of what are we, what it is we are, I feel is, it's getting more and more in the limelight, I guess, culturally, but like generally has been quite neglected because it's been misunderstood and actually been, majorly fucked up in the way mm. it's been propagated through religion or distorted through religion. But mm. there's, there's something innate, there's almost a renaissance in psychedelics in terms of the way that, or the spiritual aspect, spirituality through through psychedelics, you know, mm. because it's kind of cool or interesting or, but like for me, like that's a kind of window shop in a state of consciousness and certain spiritual practices I've found with my mental health have cultivated a sense of like sustained, awareness and mm. and shifting consciousness that uh i find like that it's that's meditation for example is like medication meditate meditate what's the word j cole said it <laughs> Medita <laughs> medication is 
Meditation is my medication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I'm like, I had, when hearing you kind of talk about, hearing you talk about that experience and then, and what you, what you said right off the bat was like, you know, life is, life is a cult. Um, I was sitting there hearing you talk about those things that you took from it. And I was going, man, this is exactly how I felt about Yoga. growing up, growing up in sports. Oh. <laughs> like growing up in the, cult, in the in the cult in the cult of of hockey in Canada, because yeah. like I look back on hockey now and I'm and like a lot of me is like oh God no thanks but then a lot of me is like I am like so many of the amazing pieces of who I am today are attributed to that experience mm. and like, that like and pot that, bunnies yeah 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 exactly you read my mind there Jared. and and I'm going I'm going holy shit. That's crazy. Hockey is such a fucking cult. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but it gave me so many amazing things. And like, I, I, I think about, I've never thought about it like that before. And we talked about, we've talked about, um, we've talked about the subject a lot in the podcast before. And I really kind of hearing you, hearing you describe your experience with that kind of just like, um, just, uh, basically fundamentally reshape the way that I see the first 20 years of my life. <laughs> mm. well, I think it's this acceptance. It's like, for me, it's like, I went for a lot, many years of, anger and like I started up a support group for people that left and like there's almost as many people in that support group that were still in it mm. and and like it had this um immense sense of healing because we we all we all trauma bonded about you know like it's it's a unique trauma to come out of and um and I think the main reason of acceptance is the premise I say that community that support group was important because it's like this isn't about shooting shade at anyone. It's like about mm. how how we can c come together about our shared experience in this unique environment and help each other process it and heal in however the fuck we want to do it and wherever we want to go. I think this sense of inclusivity is super important with and acceptance of. Um, of what it is we were born into or what it is we did like because what a fortune just to fucking get spat out on this earth anyway and then so of course we're going to come out in a shit show of potential weird environments yeah. <laughs> hockey <laughs> christian sect you know like yeah. whatever it is it's like what was the <laughs> like like when you when you look back at that that period that transitional period of 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 leaving the group um you know you you had mentioned how once you got out you almost you almost didn't didn't know how to exist in in the world that wasn't this tight knit community and so yeah. I guess part of me wonders why didn't you just immediately go back like what was the thing that drove <laughs> you to go no I really need to like separate myself from this to to yeah. explore life on my own yeah that's a good question I think. Because a lot of people do, a lot of people get kicked out of this particular one because they're not up to the purification level of, what, of how what it demands of one's life to be selfless. Um, I I think I just had this I, I had this sense that I'd regret a deep deep sense that I'd regret my life unless I explored more aspects of what life is. I'd, I'd regret it unless I explored more uh, a more neutral understanding of what this thing of God is in a, in a direct in. In, a, in an uninformed way, in a way that's not informed by any other person or thing or idea. So I think that was the thing that drove me. And there's also, I've always had this sense of like a bit slight madness, like curiosity about the unknown. And really the analogy is I felt like I just jumped off a cliff without not knowing what the fuck I was doing. But I, I had this 
I, I basically met this woman when we were touring on this comedy show in LA and she was doing all the things that I think I, I wanted to do in my life or, or, or was doing in my life. Like I was in punk bands in the UK and then I started a radio show. But all these things I always had this sense of guilt for doing. And um, it, she was living in a way that was just like unadult, like just completely free. And, and, and she was a good person. Like it, and we kind of had this romance and it, that, in, that moment of intimacy, I suppose, with that type of person catalyzed this thing of like, what the fuck? I, I just, I need a break for it. I need it. I, I want that. I want to be able to feel free to do what I want to do without feeling guilty. I, feel, I want to feel free to explore more of life. But then once you leave, it's just like, oh my God, it's like, I had no idea the trauma and the loneliness and the depression and the suicidal thoughts and the like the just the spiral out of control of um, darkness, intense darkness. Yeah, like it's really really hard to explain um, the the process of it. I, what I, sort of I mean, I, I'm curious, like what the, describing those feelings of of, the, of spiraling because you're like you you painted this really like beautiful picture of like you know, meeting this person and sort of having your eyes open up to what life could be and then wanting to pursue that. And then you sort of follow through on that, but all of a sudden it, it's seemingly not what you thought it might be. And then there's all these feelings that come into play. Um, yeah. But like, what's at the core of those, those, those darker feelings? Like, what is it that's making you feel that way when you're, you're seemingly walking into this like part of your life that, you know, should be kind of beautiful, I guess. It's a, great, it's a great question because it's like, yeah, you, you immediately go, oh, well, this is the answer for my uh, sense of freedom is in all this stuff. But really, all that stuff like partying, experimenting with drugs, like feeling like I can sleep with anyone, <laughs> like the, this, this, the, all these exploring my sexuality, exploring um, different dimensions of what's out there on the plate of life is like it all ultimately felt a certain amount of just fruitlessness. Like it, it was interesting and fascinating, but all, it didn't satiate this deeper part of myself. And I think that's why I didn't have this connection to a deeper part of myself. And I also just had no, I didn't have my team. I didn't know. There's so many elements to it. I think a massive element is this sense of like your people, your family, like the biological response to being kicked out of a tribe or, or leaving a tribe in my case, because I chose to leave is, Back in the day, it would be like, I'm going to die. Because, so you have that same kind of like stress response in your brain because you haven't got your people that will keep you alive. And so I think it was that. It was a sense of a, a, a deep sense of spiritual disconnect. I feel like I don't know if it's because I grew up in that intense spiritual indoctrination. I now need to have a sense of understand about the nature of things. Like I, I've gone deep into like Vedic or ancient Indian lineages. And uh, to be honest, I just explored a lot of different spiritual teachings and religions and philosophies, and then just like started to draw the parallels between them all and the commonalities and the threads. And then I don't want to subscribe to any of those ones, but I have a, have a set. It's more about letting that direct experience, mm. using practices mm. to unravel my consciousness and merge with the unified consciousness, which for me means being still enough for my senses not to take in the stimulus of what's going on in the world mm -hmm. and start to identify with the unbounded nature of life, that unified field in quantum physics or the nothingness in Taoism, I think it is, or the everythingness in like ancient Indian stuff.
I'm I mean, that's kind if- of the thing, right? Like, like, why do why I? There is so many. There is so much wisdom out there. You know, why do we have to? It's and and maybe that's and maybe that's where we're headed as like a collective as a population is like not is not feeling like we have to be in one lane as you said Jared yeah. in the mm. beginning, at the beginning there like you know organized religion is 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 drastically changed since like we were born mm. and now and like we're 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 moving into or at least like I feel very much in the same way that um you just explained there Jeremy is is like there's so much out there why can't we pick and choose all the great mm. bits all the great bits from but from you know the the greatest hits, yeah. And just wait, just just wait until we have a just yeah. wait until we get a a a, 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 a conversation with a with uh, with some of these aliens that are out here fucking <laughs> zipping around the sky. And, and that's really, gonna change really everything. I, I am I'm curious. I wanted to just just come back to that that point that you were just making. I'm curious if because it almost sounds like and 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 correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but it almost sounds like when you're born into this thing, like a Christian sect and, and you're kind of told what your purpose is in life and given like a framework of how to live towards that purpose, it's pretty concrete. Like there's the thing is there, you're trying to work towards that. And that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, with somebody who's not born into that framework, they, you know, oftentimes will go there a lo- long time in their lives, like trying to build this framework for like what a purposeful life is. Mm. And that can be overwhelming but I'm curious if in from your perspective of like having this purpose told to you of like, this is the thing you should be working and living towards. And then you sort of decide that like, you want to see what else is out there is the difference between like somebody who's maybe not born into that experience. The fact that like, not only are you trying to figure out what your purpose is, but also, you know, there's the feelings of guilt of like, Oh, but I'm not living towards that thing that I was like told is going to bring me happiness. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I can't exactly right. You're unstitching, unstitching this like worldview. You're unstitching this like attachment to this idea of what your meaning is, mm-hmm. and yeah, and and then that's constantly getting reinforced if you're still, you know, by the family members or by your friend. If because my family's still in it, um, the the it's getting reinforced. So that's fucking really hard. Mm-hmm. And it, so like it's just it's like any trauma. You just need space for the heal, the wound to heal, and then. <clears> um, but yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah, mm-hmm. ideally you want to drop out babies, and it's kind of like we we all get conditioned, right? It's still just mm-hmm. all we're all unraveling a form of conditioning, mm-hmm. and totally. in order to have a more uh, unadulterated, like innocent experience of reality, like that's that's what my my enthusiasm in life is. Like, mm-hmm. to what degree can I, like, once I started resolving my suicidal level of incessant thinking i was like which took years of practice once i started doing that i was like well if i keep doing this practice what will that do to me like how much more like the like the level of suffering is so intense i need to get out of this darkness once i'm out of this darkness if i keep practicing to what level can i expand my mind or remove more conditioning more subtler layers of conditioning Mm. and have a more i suppose innocent awareness of reality like that for me is i want to feel like i'm tripping dicks when i'm not on anything yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what i'm really interested in yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i feel I, like when yeah no no sorry sorry go ahead no you go well i i i didn't mean to i didn't mean to jump in there um but uh one thing that that i find very that i find very very curious about your your situation and and please please like um forgive me if if 
if the word cult isn't the right word to use here. Um, yeah. But when I, th- when I think, you know, sorry. Yeah. It, it, like, is there, is there something you would prefer me to say? <laughs> yeah. No, no, I appreciate you flagging that one. Yeah. Cause there can be sensitivities around these things. And also like it has dark connotations or like, yeah. like I, there was, yeah, there's, uh, while there's some messed up things that happened in it, like I, I believe uh, it's complex. Sure. I, I, don't, I feel like it's, it's a, a massive conversation to dive into the degrees of which <laughs> sure. it's it, it's negatively informed cult or if it's a positive. Like it, I just went to the website that was like, what's the definition of a cult? There's seven tick points if, and they ticked every seven points and it's like, and it's, yeah. But yeah. I don't, so what I'm trying to say is that I don't, I'm, I don't, protectiveness of my family which I and also for my friends that are still in it or people that are still in it I wouldn't I'm not really friends but I I just want that I I don't want to be thrown shade on it it's it's because it is it's ultimately it's people wanting to belong and feel love sure and 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 their soul journey is right is right for them to stay in it it's right for them to be in it and it is it does provide heaps of wonderful things, and we've got the freedom to do whatever we want of our lives. So I think that, the only point that's the part yeah. that's the part that I find really fascinating is the freedom to do whatever you want with your lives. Because when I think of when I think of a cult, I think of like I think of compartmentalization. I think of like of you know people being people being kept away from outsiders in in order not to like have their worldview sort of shattered or, or, or shifted from what the, you know, what the, what the, the, the general sense the general goals or, or like beliefs are that are within that, that, that cult. So, so for, for the, for for the sake of ease, let's just, I'll just, instead of saying the word cult, I'll just use the word community. So this community that that you were part of (laughs) allowed you to, uh, um, just a couple yeah. more, a couple more syllables, just a more and, and just but it still starts with a C. So the community that you're in, it seems like you had this freedom, like like you were saying, I you know you were you were you were you were touring around with with comedy shows. You were you were in a punk band. You were you were traveling the world. Like you're doing these things that that take you away from said community um, to live your life. But yet it's you know the, these ideals are still looming overhead, and you get to this point where you start to have second thoughts and you start to think, okay, you know what? I'm, I, I, maybe this isn't for me. I've met this beautiful woman. She's, she's showing me that there's more to the world. I'm horny to experience the world. Now, when you make that transition, I'm assuming you saying it's based on sex, the whole decision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm horny period. <laughs> so, so when you decide like you're going to drop it all to get your dick wet, um, it, it, it was decide- the bluest my balls had ever been. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so when you, when you make that, so, so okay, okay. So my, my whole point here is that the thing that I find really interesting <laughs> is that I'm assuming that you have at this point in your life, you're 24 when you're going to make this decision. You have a social circle around you that are not connected to this community whatsoever, that do not share yeah. the same beliefs in this community whatsoever. And so when you make that, that transition, when you go, you know what, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave this behind. And you start to go through that mental struggle of feeling like you've lost your place in life. 
What was the reaction from your friends and your peers and, and your colleagues and, and these people that you spend a great amount of time with? Like, did they mm. see what was happening? Were they aware that this was happening, that you were going through such a massive transition? Like, what were your conversations like with people who were not tied to this community that you, were, you grew up in? Yeah, man, dude, it was like, I, so I, a lot of people that leave, leave didn't identify it as what it was. It, you know, it, 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 it wasn't a form of indoctrination. It was a form of control, Christian-informed control. And, um, and while there's maybe, may or may not be pure intent with it, that's what it was. So, yeah, some, a lot of people that left were, wouldn't talk about it. Like, uh, but my, this, this is part of me intrinsically that just wanted to feel free. I just like had this insatiable desire for freedom. And so I wanted everyone in the world to feel like my family instead of this group of people, community. Community is a beautiful way to describe it because that's, that is what it is and it, it's, it's truly a community. Um, but yeah, I, so I, when I left, I was like, fuck it. I just want everyone to feel involved. So I just shared everything completely in, with, with freedom. <laughs> and, and I probably came across quite weird or like, what the fuck is this dude could just come from all like, but I, I did have friends that I wasn't that close with, but like, cause it's, so when you're in the church, it, you, you only ever prioritize the relationships in the church because they're the th things that bring you the deepest, richest sense of communion about life. And so the people that weren't in it, like the, it was always secondary. So yeah, I had all these relationships that started blossoming and opening up and, and there was something really beautiful about that, this feeling. And I still live like this of like, of, of un, potential in anyone I meet, like to meet, to connect on any level. And, and there's, that was a motor skill that I had to really learn to feel inclusive, to feel like warm towards anyone and everyone with different, that, that's still what I find the hardest thing to do. Like, to what degree am I able to connect with someone that doesn't have shared my worldview, but have a, find a unity point, find mm -hmm. a point within them that we can have a shared experience over. And um, that, that's what, that has to be, I think, based on a sense of like filling your own cup enough and contain, can creating a sense of enough fulfillment in myself that I'm, I, I go into the world without needs. I can go into the world with curiosity and just wanting to have shared experiences with people, not needing anything from anyone. And the people that I really look up to live like that. And that's what I'm striving to do more and more, you know, it's interesting. Like you can really hear it in the way that you, in the way that you sort of like describe like what you would, like what you are, what you want, like what you want in life and the things and like the relationships and the connection that, that you want you can really hear a lot of like what, really hear it in your in everything you're saying the mm. the bits Thanks. of what you said in the beginning which was like i took a lot of positivity from this thing i mean like like in, in a lot of ways you are describing desires that you have that are to connect that i think a lot of people not that they don't have them but they're not, not necessarily aware of them or aware on how to like work on building the capacity to have those things to like to see people where they're at, to create connection with, you know, random people, to have a, a sense of like spiritual direction or whatever somebody might want to call that meaning. Um, and mm. I like, I'm, and I'm he really hearing that as like one of these things that if you grow up in a community, like the one that you grew up in, even though at, at a certain point you decided that that was like ultimately 
you know, not where you wanted to stay and that you wanted to move away from that, you sort of come out of that with a lot of skills mm. that are, that a lot of people like really desperately yearn for. Yeah. Yeah. Which and is, I, th- I think, especially connection. today, you know, especially, yeah. especially oh, like, yeah. like in a post COVID world, you know, it's, I mean, not that it, not that things were fucking shiny and bright before COVID even came along, but like most certainly today mm-hmm. we like, we are, we're living in a time that is, that is, I, I don't, I don't recall a time that's, that, that seem seemingly feels so divisive and so disconnected and so like, um, hostile like mm. it, it just like like yeah connection connection see that the idea of connecting with somebody else feels dangerous it is also um, on on a, on, a, on, a, <laughs> on a certain level you know it's like because you, 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 you sort of yeah. just like i don't know i don't know is this person like there's so many polarizing is this person of- uh is this person anti-vax yeah. is this person is does this person hate ab- hate abortion does this person like it's all these fucking things that we're just like it's kind of like, well, I guess I'll just I'll stick to myself and stick to the people I know and trust, and uh, I won't like I won't I won't venture out into the world to discuss anything with anybody else, just in case we don't see eye to eye on something. Because if we don't see eye to eye on something, we must be enemies. Like that is that just is the way it seems that people are walking through the world, at least over here in in Canada and in and in, in the United States. Like it is very it's a very hostile environment. Connection. It's awful. It's fucking awful. Yeah, I I feel like um I feel like part of that is conditioned in us from when we're a young age though too. Like like talking about the, like life being sort of like this cult that we're born into. Like think about when you go to school as a kid. You go to school, you're in the same grade with people that are the same age as you, which makes sense developmentally. I'm not saying that it's not the right the the right um, solution to the problem, but it does you know sort of like group us into these people and then we become you know we choose our friends based on like who sort of looks like us or who dresses like us or who has the same interests as us and then we just forever be friends with those people or those types of people i had a really profound experience um it's kind of the solution and the problem all at the same time totally and like i but i had this this really profound experience in my life when i was um 20 years old where you know by circumstance i was i ended up living with an older couple for almost six months. And, um, there's a I, weird sex cult thing, right? Like you were, they like, you, you <laughs> I don't want to go their, into the details. I prefer to call it a you were their sex slave. <laughs> I, I remember the story. This is great. Continue. But, but, uh, but I became, it was, it was my friend's parents that I was living with. And I, and I became with uh, really good friends with, um, my friend's dad. And it was the first time in my life that I saw a parent figure as a friend. Like it was mm-hmm. it, like on a, on a, really deep and genuine level mm-hmm. i i was like oh i'm i'm friends with this person mm-hmm. and i started i had like i had this really profound realization like in that moment where i was like oh you can be friends, friends with, with anyone yeah. like yeah. you know like yeah. all, all these people are just like grown-up <laughs> versions of us yeah. that have yeah. had experience in the same way and you know in fact haven't probably even grown up in a lot of cases like yeah. and this is also, just a human being and also have so much to share and teach you Totally. Yeah. And and I, I actually get emotional thinking of it because it was like from that point on, I've, I've had friends like, a, you know, I was friends with um, became genuine friends with my old boss who was it was in his 60s and like have lots of friends in my life who are not near like yeah. near the same. And Maddie, his partner, Maddie is 80 years old, which is yeah. that's very. 
<laughs> that, I mean, this all makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm I was, I was, I was thought it was weird. No, but I very <laughs> now, much, now I get it. Now I very I get much, it. I very much resonate. I very much resonate with that. When Jer and I met, um, Jeremy with an IE. Um, not yeah. not Jeremy with a Y, who I just met recently. Um, yeah, twenty minutes ago, <laughs> when Jeremy and I just met, <laughs> but, Jeremy hit record. But, um, this Jeremy hit record, yeah, and that's, we've that's right. Uh, so Jeremy and I, yes, compare yeah. compare co- us, co co, co- <laughs> host Jeremy. We met we met doing our yoga teacher training in in twenty eleven, yeah. and and we were we you know we found our, ourselves at this like amazing, like off the grid place in on the on this like secluded beach in brazil mm. and we were with this total melting pot of people and it was a very similar experience to what you just said brian and actually in a t- in chronologically very shortly after you had that experience and it was like holy shit, holy shit. i don't have to just hang out with the, yeah the people that i would go to the bar with at home like mm-hmm. i can sit mm-hmm. and i can be with a 25 30 35 50 year old 70 year old and have a conversation How high can you about go? life. Yeah, yeah. I can. I, I mean, can even, it, it, I can even talk to people that are a hundred. <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy! It is I'm, the only oldest person I've ever spoken to is ninety. <laughs> I talked with somebody who is ninety nine two weeks ago, and it was crazy. He didn't really have much that much to say. Um, he's so old. Yeah, but, he, um, he was dead, but he was there. Yeah. He was dead. <laughs> that's why he didn't have much to say because they had freshly embalmed him. Um... Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you got your podcasts i i'm i'm curious uh, jeremy about you know like everything you've said so far in terms of your experience it seems like you although you've gone through these ups and downs of trying to like make sense out of what life can look like and what life can be after your after your exit from from this community that you were you were you know so deeply attached to you for the first 20 some years of your life. I I am curious about your, you know, has any of this, has any of the way that you've um, navigated this world come through, um, come through uh, like, you know, modern therapy? Like, like, are you, are you, do you have a therapist? Do you, do you speak to a therapist? Like, do do you, you know, what, what's your, what is your, what has your therapy journey been? Or is it more so just tied to like a sort of self discovery um, thing by, by engaging no, with as no, many yeah, people it's a good, as you can? It's a good point because you highlighting all the, so it was initially, it was a year of solid depression before I even identifying I'm depressed mm. and putting a name on it. Oh God, this is what this is. And then that was, you know, like you might find Brian with ADHD, like you, once you've got a label on it, it gives you a sense of like, oh, I, oh, I feel good now. Like I, now I, I know there's something I can do to remedy it. So I started seeing a therapist and the psych, like talk therapist that was, 
I've still like I still see therapists all the time. Like I find them the best. Um, so that's been a continual aspect. I looked at getting on medication, but then the psychiatrist suggested. He said you could get on this, but there's some sort of there's some sort of thing that didn't feel right about that for me. And and I've got friends that are on it on antidepressants, and there's benefit. Like I, I mean. There's a time and place for it. Johan Hari's book, Lost Connections, is what resonated deeply with me in terms of the, the journey of mental health and finding the, the remedy for it is connection um, and community and, um, and in, in a lot of ways. Obviously, there's a, there's a whole spectrum to what degree like you're mentally healthy or not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, therapy was a massive part of that. Um, non-negotiable meditation twice a day non-negotiable that was that I that was the first thing I did along with talk therapy that like I noticed the tangible difference because it just exercised the witnessing capacity in myself to watch my thoughts and therefore have a holiday from them and and drop into a place of just watching them all happen without feeling them and being in them and so it's that was really the 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 total game changer for me from mm. just changing my relationship to my thinking mm. where it's, I'm not my thoughts. My thoughts are just occurring. The first revelation, one, I had a handful of revelations as well, but one of the revelations was, oh my God, these thoughts are just coming into my mind without me even asking them to. Like, <laughs> how fucking mm. rude is that? Like, mm. I, I, I don't want you in here, but you're coming to me one after the other and awful thoughts as well. I'm just like, what the fuck? I have no authority over my inner reality. And I was like, that's... That's fucked, <laughs> and, and and I think like we don't like I mean I'm interested in hearing more your experiences in your communities there, Wally, because like like you say that belonging that we can have from community and friends and connecting is mm -hmm. is what we need. But there's like it's such a dance, right? It's such a balance of like finding a sense of togetherness. That's why I'm like, what, what can we have this collective togetherness about? And it's a weird time where we have like community over international and loads of friends more than we probably, it's very biologically strange. For, our biology is catching up to oh, yeah. right? Big time. Yeah. I, 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 uh, like I felt very much, I felt very much, um, in the similar vein as you've described in terms of my experience, like coming up and playing hockey forever. And like, in the sense of like, I'm, you know, want to be a professional hockey player. And so like very, very deep in that, in that culture. And then, mm. and then, and then being absolutely terrified of leaving that because like yeah. that, because there's a void that I feel like is impossible to fill. Um, yes. if, on, on so many different levels. Um, and then that for me ended up kind of almost immediately with like maybe a year gap fulfilled, uh, filled by a yoga community. And learning yoga and learning about all of the, um, and especially really going deep on like the history and the philo and philosophy of of yoga and um, Vedic Indian culture and um, and sort of then I think like after post like twenty five ish, like really starting to understand that like the meaning in my life and community was like really within like. 10 people mm -hmm. like 10 people that I like love deeply and and mm. and and not and not in like a closed off way where like I'm not open to be meeting other people like you know like Dave 
Coming who in, wants to know more than coming 10 into people? our life? It's just, it's such, a, like such, a, such a great chore. friend. Like it's to have it, more it, than it, ten friends. It, 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 but I will say that will now, say. it really does truly mean the world when you meet somebody who can like really deeply impact you the way that some of the people that you've had for a very long time right. have impacted you, um, and mm. that you can and 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 I still hold it. I still hold that door that door very much open. That like my next best friend yeah. is still my, like, you know, there's still new best friends that I'll cherish that's forever it. that are out there. But um, you, but you also know that once that best friend comes in, you got to kick another, <laughs> one of the best friends out. It's guys. Like, I it's, loved, I love trying out new friends. <laughs> try, trying out new yeah, friends. Yeah. Try and bring some new friends <laughs> yeah. in every once in a while. Try them out. But like, on like the meditation, yeah. on the meditation. Welcome, level. Jared. Jared, yeah, you're welcome. part of this. Come on in. Come on in. You're a long ways away, but I mean, you know, one of our other friends are going to get booted off the island, but, but Hey, like wait, uh, wait, who's the closest friend that I'm up against? <laughs> ooh, ooh, that's uh, a, immediately a that's couple jumps to mind. Say my name. Say my name. I dare you. <laughs> on the uh, on the meditation front, though, like I I I am I'm I'm interested in your in your experience with meditation because like I I've spent a lot of time with meditation and and it's something that it's something that sort of like meditation and mindfulness in general, like not not necessarily a specific practice at a certain time during the day, but more so the way that I experienced the world, like really blossomed from 20 years old on because of my exposure to, um, to yoga. Um, what is, what is your sort of lane of meditation? Like what is your, what's your focus or do you have a focus? Are you trying to kind of wipe your mind clean? I know you mentioned sort of like watch, like kind of just, um, observing, observing the thoughts as they sort of come and go. Yeah. Well, I mean, originally it was a Buddhist practice and then I learned this Vedic practice or like transcendental meditation or Vedic meditation. Then I do, do a bunch of different, more advanced techniques now, rolling around on a mat, do breath work. Um, it's, I regard it more as like my sadhana now. Like it's, it's, it's like kind of just a moment to just unravel myself and then drop into my Jeremy Khan body for the day. It's yeah. it, it's really just stillness ultimately. It's just like really, I just sit. I do a few different like you know of yoga practices, like you do breath work and asana in order to prepare the body for meditation. So I it really is just just about doing that and putting myself in a, a moment of absolute stillness. And it's like dipping the cloth in the in the unbounded aspect of what we are. So then I can come back and be in this bounded aspect. And it's really about the integration of that. Mm-hmm. The, the going between the two layers did you find that did you find like your yoga practice like field the whole did it work <laughs> did it, of, of the hockey community uh, yeah yeah I mean in a lot of ways in a lot of ways yes um and and I think that ultimately it was an irrational it was an irrational thought that that you know that um it was an irrational thought I think that there was a void to begin with Mm. Um, mm. you know, I, I, I think that it's very natural to feel like there is a void and, and, and maybe in some way, and maybe in some ways there is, but I think, I think largely it's, it's, um, it was around. Well, there's a vacant space. There's a vacant space of what hockey field. Yeah. And now if hockey's not there, there's a vacant space of. And like, and, and, and I think what really like, um, kind of going back to that idea of, of, uh, of what we started, started talking about in terms of you know, you, you grow up with this thing and then you decide to, 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 to leave this community 
and but you know it gave me lots of amazing things um i i felt like i was really fortunate uh, to to sort of do that little you know indiana jones swap you know hockey for yoga because i felt like yoga kind of gave me all the things that hockey didn't um in terms of in terms of like tools to be introspective and mindful about what, my, about what my life really is. That's and literally the second time you've referenced that it's because Indiana it's a, Jones it's a great, reference. It's a great, it's a great reference. Did you see the new movie? No, I didn't. Does he do it again? And does it work? Hey, no, no spoilers over here. Um, I, uh, I am, I am kind of, I feel like I feel like we we've you know we've heard people talk about the benefits of meditation. I mean, fucking, we've talked about the benefits of meditation so much over this over the course of the of doing the show, and we've heard a lot of guests that say it. And I think that there's a there's definitely a a a a, a swath of the population that like hears that, and it like goes in one ear and it, yeah. and, and goes straight out the other. And <laughs> yeah. and there's yeah, almost yeah. this like you know. I wouldn't be surprised if there was somebody listening to this podcast right now. And this is not to throw shade at you, Jeremy. This is like, this is just objectively, there's people out there that would have this thought where they're yeah. listening to this conversation and they're going, this guy's just a bunch of fucking woo woo. So I'm yeah, curious. Yeah, I'm yeah. curious to know what are, what would you say to those people? Like the, the, the notion that like, you know, spirituality and meditation and fucking, you know, like, like, trying to access a higher self, like all this stuff is just woo woo bullshit. What are your, what, how do you approach someone who views yeah, the way question. that you view the world that way? Yeah. I appreciate that question. Cause to be honest, I feel like fighting the whole woo woo. I think woo woo is just like a unintegrated direct experience. Like if we, if it, there's a spectrum of what it is that existence is like, there's so fucking much we don't know. And to have the arrogance to go that we, it's like, like, fuck, man. Like you come out of a cult and you go, oh, everything's a cult. Like the more you expand, the more you open your mind, you realize like shit is trippy as shit. All you need to do is just smoke DMT to realize that fuck. And like neuroscientists talk about that as like unlocking more brain capacity. So that means that we're actually perceiving more dimensions of reality. We're not fucking hallucinating. Like it's, it's just. And you have shared experiences. There's like, ultimately it's like, I feel uh, what woo is, is this, is, is, is a gap between experiencing a thing directly. And it's some sort of a gap. It's like, if, if I was here chatting about the way things make me feel from a, not a direct experience, then that's woo woo. If I was here, mm. if I was like talking in a way that, um, is, is 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 saying this is the way forward like that would like everyone's fucking different everyone's got their own path like I, I think i think it's i i'm certain that there's an aspect of us that we don't tap into enough and there's that i i think we we've got so much more capability than we are fucking letting on i think i think we're uh, growing up in this world you kind of like are enslaved to certain thoughts and notions that are just propagated and you sponge them all in and then you just limit your capabilities. Like we're, there's capabilities 
that I've unlocked to myself that I didn't even think were possible. Like mm. there's mm. Th- there's capabilities I've seen other people unlocking themselves that I had no fucking idea. I was like, so that to me, I'm like fascinated by that. And if you're not fascinated by that, great. Like, mm-hmm. like and cool. A lot of mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of that sh- a lot of that Ooh. shit. Like kind of for your specifically what you asked there, Jer, is like a lot of it for so many people is semantics. Yes, it's just like yeah. it's just the word that you use, like yoga nidra. Yoga Nidra is like, well, if you say Yoga Nidra to somebody, they might go, they heard the word yoga. That carries a meaning or yeah. a connotation to that person. So yeah. then, so then like brain off, not paying attention anymore. Not, not worth it. Not into it. Not my thing. Not my style. Whatever. Yeah. Don't give a shit. And then Andrew Huberman will go, oh, have you, have you, do you do any, uh, do you Alternate do any non sleep deep rest? Ooh. Yes, right. And 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 somebody yeah. will be like, "Oh yeah, like I non-sleep deep rest, my it's like I I can't I can't not do it." I don't know what life's like <laughs> I, without it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then if you went, yeah. "Do you do yeah. yoga nidra?" That person might go, "What am I a fucking monk?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And yeah. like and it's like, "Well, you just said you do, like they're just two w- words for the same thing and yeah. one yeah. word turns somebody off and one word turns somebody this on and is, This is the thing yeah. that I've talked about in therapy for a long time is I feel like I always struggled with the idea of like whether or not I'm a good communicator and I have always doubted my ability to communicate based on the ideas that I have in my head and then the limited language access to language that I have <coughs> as like the bandwidth to communicate my ideas to other people. Yeah. And so like yeah. I firmly believe that if we could all just take what's in our heads and share it with one another directly. Oof. And there wasn't that gap of not, not Oof, everything. I don't know. Not everything. <laughs> not everything. Not, I don't not know, man. You think, <laughs> because everything your thoughts are not you. Everything that you I was literally was just share. sitting here thinking about how <laughs> cute you'd be. I, yeah, I if, know. If, I could see well, it. Well, you know what? I won't share it. You but. actually said that with your eyes without even having to say <laughs> yeah, words. Yeah, so don't worry. I was on the same path. <laughs> on the same page I wasn't even looking at your face. But it, but it is crazy because to that point, like if we were able to actually share exactly what mm. we thought with mm-hmm. without having to use words mm-hmm. to describe it, words are beautiful. Jesus Christ, how much words how, are beautiful, but how, they've got their limitations. Uh, yeah, and how, like how beautiful <laughs> would arguments with your partner be in those scenarios? They, Man, they, I hurt your brain. Oh, they'd be great. They'd be great because you would go. You would. I mean, how often, how often are you in a fight with someone like 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 an intimate partner where you're going, God damn it, if you just I fucking just, understood what I'm thinking. We wouldn't be having this fight. <laughs> and they're going, but you don't understand what I'm thinking. It's like, well, then if we could, like, what? Again, again, when the aliens teach us how to, how to telepathically communicate, all this will be solved. And by the way, to your point, Taylor, about they're words, that's why I use the word UAP and NHI instead of UFO and alien. It's UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, and NHI, non-human intelligence. <laughs> Those are two things that you can say to make it less Fucking woo-woo. Because, you know, people just think aliens are woo-woo. But really, really, it's it's all about the interdimensional travelers that we uh, we are soon about to be connected and with. Don't you dare say Continu- extraterrestrial. <laughs> yeah, because I ain't. Um, would you go with them, Jeremy, if they came right now into this room? Like, what, what, to what extent would you enjoy their follies? If, 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 if an NHI walked into this room right now? An NHI. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you right now, the first thing I would do is, is don a pair of gloves and I would make sure I don't touch him directly because I heard that, uh, they, sw- they, they don't have, they don't poop or pee. They, they, ex- <laughs> they excrete through their sweat. <laughs> You've got so sweat much clay. information. Uh, yeah. So, so, so you'll get really sick if you touch them. Um, and, <laughs> or you'll and, make them sick. And, and we and, uh, well, no, well, maybe, but, um, um, what if they were just like a stick? What if they came in like a way in which you'd have no idea or prerequisite for what they look 
what would you ask them if you, provided you know that they could communicate to you? What would you ask them? That's actually a good question. I should be thinking about this more because I've been thinking about it so goddamn much, but I haven't thought about what I would say to one if I actually met one. I guess I would probably say, um, why me? I would, I would probably say, be gentle. No, I, I honestly, I would probably say, do you guys know use the meaning? Do, do you Please know? use lube. I'd say, do you? <laughs> I would say, do you know the meaning of all of this? Sure. I'd want to know. Do you, do you guys have a grasp on what the fuck this all means? I mean, if they came from, if they came from where they came from, if they came from anywhere, then they have come a long way intellectually further than we have. Yeah. So maybe they have an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's the thing that makes you go. That's, that's what I feel about those things is like, it's just normalizing the, like the cosmos. Like you look at the size of this thing. Like it came from like fucking supposedly it came from nothing and expanded into everything. But where's. Where's it expanded into and why did it come about in the first place? And then the enormity of it and the likelihood of there being other life forms, like it's fucking miraculous. Like what, it's like this, that's why a lot of Vedic principles make sense to me because they talk about it very mechanically, like creation, maintenance and destruction, the three things that are going on at any given time and anything that we can perceive. And then there's this thing of like the great roar or the big bang, there's parallels in quantum physics, the Vedic law, there's like, it's really just having this sense of like unity or singularity got fucking bored to bifurcated into a multitude of dualities and ex- uh, duality of basics and then otherness so it could experience itself. Like I'm experiencing you right now through this. Like it's, it's just a fucking play. It's, it's hectic. And you, you can't go that's not happening because it seems like it's pretty, it's kind of just like normalizing, normalizing, like fucking courses, aliens. Courses other life forms out there. Like, like mm-hmm. it's so insanely arrogant to go that we're the only ones. And like, that's that's where it's just like, how can we normalize this just sense of more? Um, mm. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost. How can we normalize what Ross Coulthard is telling the world right now? Did you? Are you familiar <laughs> with Ross and his no. work? God damn, he's a fucking, he's a, he's a, an international gem. He's from Australia. It's like a sense of openness. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like the, it's like the default to every thought or possibility should always be something along the, I don't know, probably. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Probably. Yeah. It's like, it's like if you have a hard line in any other way, that's not that. If you're hard line, yes or no. I mean, there's so few things that we can take that line on. There are some, there, there are some, there are some objective truths, but there, there's a lot more. I don't know. Probably is out there. It's, it's interesting how conspiracy, like how a conspiracy theory, um, you know, the extreme of like an idea that people can't um, prove to be true is really interesting when it comes to um, thinking about our capacity to communicate with one another. Like, like if, like going back to my point about using language, like if, mm. I've, if I'm just trying to describe an experience to you, then you don't know what, like you, you don't, you can't really experience what I'm mm-hmm. experiencing. You can only imagine it. Totally. And so yeah. when we, um, you know, talk to one another, if we can try to bypass that idea of just imagining what we imagine and actually try for a second to put ourselves into the other person's shoes and, and, you know, like try somehow to like 
think about what it would be like to experience that. I feel like yeah. that sense of openness would 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 really be like um, you know, could be a fundamental tool to like totally. really connect us. I mean, it was a, it was yeah. it was a it was a total game changer when I spent a week in the hospital after getting hit by that car because I understood a, I understood way more about, about physics, about the experience, about <laughs> physics and how deceleration can really, really hurt um, about how about the experience of so many of the people that we talked to spending time in hospital, dealing with the fucking yeah. dealing with dealing with with nurses and doctors and like the uncertainty and yeah. like struggling with like how to move and how to do a plethora of things that I had taken for granted. Mm. And that was a total shift. That was a shift in my ability to relate to the people that we talked to on the show. And it's like, because of that experience, because it's no longer simply me intellectually understanding what somebody is going through or or thinking or feeling. Mm. It's like, I can get a bit of a sliver of their actual experience. Mm -hmm. And that's the innocence. That's like being able to, like, obviously you guys, I've I've done podcasts for years as well with the same intention at the heart of it. It seems that you guys do it, which is like, what the fuck is your experience of reality? Like, like I'm fascinated. What's it like being in your body? Like, what what do you, for me, it's to find the parallels to, but the best way to do that is, with an unconditioned mind, the more innocent you're able to perceive. And, th- and that, like for me, that takes cultivation, mm-hmm. surrendering my condition. But then yeah. you kind of need to have some sort of like framework because we're trying to make sense of things. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, in my experience, yeah, this is the case. And I can, but I, I think there's such beauty in that. And like, I've, I just appreciate you guys even giving space for me to share. Like, it feels very one dimension, a bit like, like interview the whole, I'm not, that comfortable with the interview process because it's like it doesn't feel that natural like back and forth mm-hmm. like a normal conversation mm-hmm. would be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know there's people at parties that just fucking talk and you don't you, you don't even get <laughs> yeah, a word yeah, and you're yeah, like yeah come yeah, on yeah. can't like just stop talking no wait till you get these guys on question. cocaine i mean they just don't shut the fuck up, fuck up. <laughs> right yeah totally <laughs> i love cocaine <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I wanted to I wanted to ask before we, to jump into to one more serious thing, Jeremy. I'm, one I'm more curious serious thing because we um, I've got serious bit. things to say. We did uh, <laughs> we didn't uh, we didn't really get to the point where you had talked about like you know going through this year of depression and then you know starting talk therapy and and meditation and things like that. What what was it that like what was the catalyst for you, um, like understanding. Uh, the fact that you were in a depression and that you needed to find some sort of way to get out of that. I was literally just going to ask that. Right. What, 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 what was the, what made me realize I was depressed? Yeah. Like how did you, how did you realize that you wanted, and and maybe not even realize that you were depressed, but like take, like try to take Take some sort of action or Mm. steps to, to feeling better. Yeah. I mean, fuck the, the hardest thing about depression was just not wanting to change. Yeah. Like, like being so stuck and so low that you're like, I just, I don't even want to, I don't like, I, I haven't got any, I got the, the, the weight was so heavy that I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to work. I, I've got lo- loved ones that are caring for me, but I don't care. I don't feel their love. Like I, I feel so in this intense vortex of nothingness. So yeah, that for me, it was like a handful of divine interventions and um, a couple of revelations that mostly came after therapy mm. or just like just treaching through life and waiting for There's one moment where um, I was on a family holiday 
and it was like 3 a.m. and I just went, went walking down towards the beach. It was a really stormy night and I was just like, I was walking towards the ocean. It was like intensely insane, like strong, big, open, like 90-mile beach and just like huge waves and massive thunderclouds and stuff. And as I was walking, I was just like captivated. Like I felt this sense of equilibrium. If I continue walking, that chaos will just swallow the chaos in inside myself that I have no control over. I can't get a grip on. And I kept walking and um, I was just like, just essentially feeling like I want to just take my life. I want that that chaos to take this chaos and then it will just, there's there'll be some sort of something met and things will be okay again. Like, um, and then my little sister came, like came, I just hear this voice and the, shouted my name um jeremy spelt with a y <laughs> jeremy jeremy and, and and um my little sister came over the sand dunes and was just like and she like fuck knows how she woke up in at 3 a.m and comes mm. looking for me and knew that i was even there and that that melted me like i was like because i was i was wanting to take my life and then she just came out of fucking nowhere and we just hug and like it gives me goosebumps and makes me like emotional every time I recount that because it's just like that, those kind of moments. I'd, that was the, probably the, the biggest moment where I felt like a little tap on the shoulder from Ooh. something that just goes, come on, you've had enough, mate. Just like, yeah. like come out, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and that's, that was the physical manifestation of that. Mm. Wow. That, where, where are you at now like how, how are you today with like in terms of your your mental health awareness and your mental health journey like where where are you now um good man like i'm better than ever like it's every year that goes past that i've progressed like there's it's like this like mm-hmm. i stopped drinking and doing any kind of drugs like two and a half years ago just because i was uh, I was still having blips, you know, like I was having kind of almost like every three months, like kind of dark episodes, nothing like anything like it was like all manageable. Like oh, I can see what's happening here. I just need to dial up my practice or I needed, mm. I, I knew I had the tools, you know, that were working for me and everyone has different tools that works for them. And that's what I encourage anyone listening to just find whatever tools you intuitively resonate with and get into them, do them. And, um, and, and do it in, in, in a kind of militant-like way because you got to know depression is this thing that, like, it's fucking hard to summon motivation for. So you almost have to just go, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to fucking do it, do it. Like, non-negotiable, just mm. keep doing it. And it was nine months before I was, like, realized I've got one foot away from this. Like, I don't feel in it as much. I feel like I'm moving and I'm progressing. And... I think I've just done that every single day of my Ooh. since for the last 10, 11, 12 years. And so where I feel now is like this tremendous sense of capability and clarity. Like I, I can drop into states and, and stop my thinking altogether. Because like, I've, I've gone that intense in my practice that I've kind of explored and practiced areas or rooms inside myself, inside my mind that... I, I'm, I have jurisdiction over what's going on now. Mm. And that, that, that's, that's always a sliding scale. Like I got hit with something pretty fucked up two days ago and I got angry and like I'm still a human and you process all these things and, and it's like we can't escape the human experience. I want to be in the world. There's moments where I wanted to escape it and just be in an ashram. But 
I, I want to be in the world. And the challenge of that is like interfacing with trauma again, a new new trauma, a new karma, or new cause and effects. And and so those, it's it's really just knowing. It's really fucking really. It's just self awareness and yeah. and having clarity to mediate stress. Like we're always going to get more stress, but like to what degree am I aware of what's fucking happening and what degree am I able to help myself in this situation? Mm-hmm. And so like my mental stability is I'm so impressed with, like I'm so proud of myself for how I've transformed my experience of reality to I want to fucking end this. I'm ready to kill myself yeah. to yeah. now I'm fucking better than ever. I feel so alive. I can I can do practices that make me feel like I'm tripping dicks. And, and I've <laughs> like these practices that, like maybe trip dicks more than when I smoked DMT or like done mm. mushrooms. Like it's, I think I am amazed at how, I, I'm, I love how amazing life is, you know, like, mm. mm-hmm. like fucking how, like we get to experience this, whatever the fuck this is. And mm-hmm. it's like my beautiful dog and my partner and like, it, it's amazing. Like mm. it's amazing. And it's amazing that I can come from that to this. That's what I find amazing. Right, yeah, right. And, and everyone's got their own journey and everything their own way of potentially doing that. And that's why I just feel like compassion for anyone in these similar places. Cause it's like, it's so unknown and it's you, you it's your, your yeah. journey. Yeah. It's your journey. Dude, that's really fucking rad. And yeah. I, I feel uh, a ton of love towards you for, for sharing mm-hmm. that. And, and yeah, it's, it sounds like a really beautiful journey. Mm-hmm. What, what would you, what would you say is the biggest thing that depression has taken away from you? Biggest thing depression is taken away from me. What does that mean? Your struggles what, with depression. What, what, do you, what, what would you say is the biggest thing that it's, that it's taken from you in your life? <clears throat> this is a two-part um, question. The second part is what's the biggest thing that it's given you? So it's kind of like, what's the, what's the da- I mean, you know, typically, what's the, down, what's, the, what's the hardest thing, the downside to what you've experienced? But then, right. physical, and, but then the physical. inverse of like, what's the, what's, the, what's the thing that it's given you? So, so starting with like the thing that it's taken away from you, what do you think that is? I, that's a great question because as soon as you asked it, I was like, I feel like it's only created more capability. Right. It, the first thing that came to my mind is like, it's actually just been the biggest gift. Like I'm, I'm such a different person to what I was and it, it's kind of forced me to evolve. It's forced mm. me to grow and expand. And so, but what it's taken away from me is my health. I, it, I, I, like my lung collapsed twice. I had lung surgery, I had chronic tonsillitis. I've got like gallstone issues. I, all within a space of like nine months, like I was in, in and out of hospital. Like I, my body was like going, I'm up, I'm up, right? We're, what we're doing is printing out in consciousness. Like my mind was printing out in my body. Ooh. You don't want to live? All right, cool. This is what we do when we don't want to live. <laughs> Our body just starts like fucking off. Um, the, for me, that's what it was. Mm. Uh, and so it's, yeah, my health, and it would definitely have shaved years off my life, but mm. I'm, I'm cultivating a, what it's given me is being able to control this experience of life, mm. being able to, and when I say control, like so much is uncontrollable, but being able to control my inner world. To, so I no longer am a slave to my compulsions. Well, I am a bit, you know, like, we all are a bit. I'm always going to be a bit, a bit. But a little bit. 
but like i'm so far from that kind of idealistic yogic thing Mm. and like it's not even a i don't even like like that doctrine it's more just like it's just a slide and scale right isn't it it's just a slide and scale of betterness yeah Yeah, i mean like you know you you said earlier at one point you were a slave to it to the degree where you almost walked into the ocean and just fucking ended it all right there and now you are you know, sitting down, having a conversation with three strangers, expressing how fucking miraculous life can be. And like that, <laughs> that is, that is truly remarkable. Like that is, that is something that should be, you should be proud of that. You should be fucking screaming that from the mountaintops because that's a, that is a feat. So I, I want to say thank you, dude. Like, thank you for, taking time out of your schedule to sit down and, and, and have this conversation with us. You know, it's, it's, it's really typically when we sit down and we have these types of conversations, it's much more, um, you know, it's much more, I don't know how I would describe it much more direct to like, like the, the sort of the A, you know, at first there was A and then B and then C, and then I went through this and then this, and then this is how it, and those are great. Those are great conversations, but to like sit and have a conversation where it's just like, just this philosophical sort of orgy between four people like (laughs) that shit, man. It's just, it's so fun. It's just Just very, it's very fun to like, to just, to just shoot the shit the way that you have so graciously, you know, offered up for us today to, to kind of pick your brain. And, and I just, I really, really appreciate you doing this today because I think this is a, a really, a really special conversation. So, on behalf of myself, the guys, and all of our listeners, thank you so much. This, is, this has been a real treat. Oh, thank you so much. That made me gave me goosebumps when you're saying that, like that feeling of like just being seen and that you should be proud. That like really made me feel fucking warm, <laughs> real warm. So thanks. thanks, And I feel the warmth coming off all your faces and, and just the way your questions and just your own journeys and hearing your lives. And like I, I, that gives me... I just love that. I feel love for you guys in, in even having a platform for people to explore these more, I suppose, voodoo, not voodoo. Voodoo is the fucking wrong word. What's the word? It's like um, taboo. Yeah. <laughs> like um, aspects, you know, because it is, it is like that. Like that's a good way to describe it. It's more fluid. There is that logical linear mm. thing that I needed to do to resolve my mental issues. But there is a fluidity to it as well. Mm-hmm. It's, I suppose it's the masculine, feminine aspects of what we are. Like, there's mm-hmm. both are important, and I think it's. I, I appreciate that we're all normalizing that kind of like fluid. Because I think the the scariest thing in this patriarchic world is the, the not to be comfortable with our own femininity or our own ability to just feel safe in the motion of not knowing and the the exploring, and that's kind of what we were doing then. Like. And I, I think that's nice. It's a balance. Mm. It's like to be more holistic, you have the balance of both, <clears throat> masculine and feminine. But mm. in myself, that's what I feel like anyway. Totally. And, and yeah, so I've got a lot of love for you guys. And um, thanks for sharing your stories, stories as well. I feel like I want to ask, I should get you all on my podcast. <laughs> that's right. right. <laughs> that's right. Well, thanks, dude. Well, thanks, Again, yeah, this, yeah, is, yeah, uh, this has been so fun. Yeah. Thank you. That is it for this week's edition of Routine Checkup. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. It means the world to us. And if you'd like to continue listening to the podcast, you can do that right here 
on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And of course, if you want to support the podcast further, you can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or you can simply rate the podcast on your Spotify mobile app. And uh, even better than that, why don't you tell someone that you know, tell someone that you love, tell someone that you don't know, that you listen to Sick Boy Podcast and recommend it to them because we always love those extra ears. The podcast is produced and hosted by myself, Jeremy Saunders, Brian Stever, and Taylor McGilvery. The podcast is managed by Jeffrey Lonis at Talent Bureau. The theme music for today's episode comes from Rich O'Coin. Thanks again, folks. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back next week. That's it for now. My name is Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.